Hey guys, Dizleif Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Chip and Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip & Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Welcome, foolish mortals. Greetings, program. Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. Nice work, pal. Well, we have one of those new talking machines. Now that is something. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Diz Life Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney Lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Diz Life Podcast. Don't forget to join us weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and beyond. And don't forget, smash that subscribe button to access more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Just a reminder, head over to chipandco.com for the latest headlines from across Disney parks worldwide. And don't forget, give our show a rating and a review over on Apple, Spotify, or even Podchaser. On today's podcast, we are talking about the West Coast's best rides and discussing Disney's California Adventure and Disneyland Park. We rank the best rides at Disneyland, break down all the headlines, and play Disney's College of Knowledge. But before we do any of those things... There's a guy that's not here today. Yeah, that's right. Greg is not here. He had to take the week off. So I wanted to say this at the beginning of the show. One, Greg, we are going to miss you today. But two, please take care of Holly. His wife has not been feeling well and has been sick. So Greg is being the dutiful husband and taking care of his amazing wife. Uh, And I and I have to say this again on a personal note. Yeah, Greg is my podcast partner, but he's my best friend. I love him to death, and we love Holly. They are our best friends. Uh, We cannot do this without them, and we absolutely love the two of them. So please, Greg, take care of Holly. Holly, get better. Uh, I love you so much, and Greg, I will see you soon, my friend. All right, let's, uh, let's get right into the show today. We wanted to make sure that we were still bringing you guys a dose of Disney today. We didn't want to miss a beat. So, uh, you know, here we are without Greg. It's going to be a hard one, but let's get into first takes. Greg, this one's for you, buddy. 
And now it's time for Diz Life First Takes. First Takes! These are the headlines that are going to get you talking this week. First Takes! We here at Diz Life Podcast are giving you the first word on Disney news and parks headlines. First Takes! So here's what's fired off this week over at Chip and Company. First Takes! (laughs) I had to do it to keep tradition, man. Greg, I had to do it. I just had to. All right, these are the headlines that we're talking about this week, and we think that you're going to agree with us. This is the top stuff from the week over at Chip & Co. Uh, Disney unveiled a free-roaming Groot audio animatronic over at Disneyland Resort. Speaking of Disneyland, Disney shared a video of Groot playtesting over at Disney's California Adventure. Uh, in the video, Imagineers talk to guests about the latest developments in audio animatronic technology, including a brand-new baby Groot. Uh, in the playtest, Groot and Star-Lord had a dance-off with the audience. Guests were very engaged, loved seeing the Baby Groot audio animatronic. Uh, we want to bring these characters to life in the most authentic way possible, said Imagineer Joel Peavy. For us, that means a walking robotic actor that has tightly integrated design and a compact platform that can not only perform uh, and gesture, but really emote in style. Uh, Disney has also said they have no immediate plans to bring this new robot to the park. So for now, it's a prototype testing unique traits, gates, and capabilities. But here's what's exciting about this, ladies and gentlemen. The future is on full display over at Disney. And if we can get animatronic Groot, I'm a Star Wars stan. This, what this means to me is you can have aliens walking around in Galaxy's Edge, and it's hyper-realistic. So sky is the limit for stuff like this. I love seeing stuff like this. Let us know. Hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what your thoughts are on Little Baby Groot or any of these headlines. Let us know. Does this kind of stuff excite you? I think this is the future of Disney Parks. So this is very exciting stuff for me. All right, moving on. Disney is halfway to the holidays and an announcement is coming this week. Disney recently announced merchandise and food that would be available during the halfway to the holidays celebration and noted that we could expect announcements and sneak peeks as early as next week. You can anticipate dates for Mickey's very merry Christmas party to come next week, as well as details about the holiday celebrations over at Epcot and Disney's California Adventure Park. Uh, Disney proves that it's never too early to be in the holiday spirit and the magic of Christmas can live all year round. Yeah, I feel like Disney is scooping Walmart on this one. You know how when you go to Walmart, you always feel like it's too early for those two aisles to be out, like what the holiday aisles are? Um, Back to school stuff's going to be coming out next week. (laughs) You know that. And it's not even the 4th of July yet. Look, I, I, all joking aside, I understand why Disney does this. They want to build hype. They want to generate excitement for the holiday season. They have to sell tickets for their holiday parties. So you want to market appropriately. So how do you market those things? You have events halfway to the holidays, halfway to Halloween. It's what Disney does. And look, they do it really well because these parties sell out and mission is accomplished. They do generate a considerable amount of hype for them. 
All right, last, but certainly not least, this one I really wish I had Greg around for, and we're just going to have to ask him when he gets back to the show, but Muppets Mayhem creator said that he pitched Muppets Makeover for Rock and Roller Coaster to Disney World. I'm not a Muppets fan, but Greg certainly is, so I would love to see what his thoughts on this were. But Jeff Yorks, co-creator of the hit show The Muppets Mayhem on Disney+, Plus, added fuel to the rumors suggesting that the Muppets may find their way onto the Rock and Roller Coaster over at Disney's Hollywood Studios here in Florida. In response to the article discussing the speculation, Yorks took to Twitter to express his excitement, saying, not going to lie, this was absolutely part of our original pitch and is another piece of this dream. Fingers crossed that it happens. So for years, there's been speculation about Aerosmith's involvement with the Rock and Roller Coaster. Talk has ramped up recently that Disney may be strongly considering a new overlay for the fan favorite attraction. Uh, Greg is a fan of the Muppets, so I'm, I'm sure he's excited about this potential retheme. But how do I feel about it? Uh, one, it makes a lot of sense. Disney does not own the music catalog for Aerosmith. Um, Universal Music Group owns that. So they're paying royalties on their own ride. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Secondly, uh, I think a, a IP or property that they own and control makes way more sense financially, but also for the longevity of that ride, you know, you're not sort of relying on a new generation getting to know who Aerosmith is. Now, as a rock and roll purist, does it warm my heart? that if generations learn who Aerosmith is because of a ride, like, and they explore their catalog and music from the seventies and eighties and nineties, is that cool? Yes. That, that is also cool, but I wouldn't be opposed to a power line overlay. And I certainly would not be opposed to the, this Muppets mayhem thing. I think this is a great idea. And again, it moves the parks forward and it moves it, you know, in the right direction, in my opinion, but let us know your thoughts on all the headlines. And again, hit us up over at Dislike Podcast on Instagram. We love it when our fans connect with us and talk back and interact with us about the show. Or just give me some love and affection because I'm all alone today. But I'm going to take a quick commercial break. Actually get a sip from this coffee here as I try to get through this show today. And I'll be right back with Mark's main attraction. Do you love Chip and Company Podcast? Be sure to head over to chipandco.com for even more Disney Parks news, entertainment, and review podcasts. Chip and Company has been delivering the best in Disney news, planning tips, and more since 2009. And now you can get that news in an audio-only format, now five days a week. Every Monday, join Mark and Greg for Dislife Podcast and start your week off the right way by living your best Disney life. Tuesday is our news and review podcast discussing the latest breaking news from the Walt Disney Corporation. Every Wednesday, we're discussing the best of Disney parks with Chip and Greg. Join Bondo, Miriam, Tinker J, and Mark Andrada every single Thursday for We Like Theme Parks. Now at its new home here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. And every Friday, join Mark and Greg on And Company as we break down the top headlines of the week. Get that extra dose of Disney in your weekly commute, your time on the treadmill, or even just relaxing around the house. So stop what you're doing and smash that subscribe button to be a part of the fastest growing podcast network here in the Disney community. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast and thank you for being a part of our podcast family.
happily ever after. All right, it's the West Coast, best coast. Welcome to Mark's Main Attraction. Guys, it's no secret, I absolutely adore Disneyland. It's my absolute favorite. Love Disneyland. I love Disney's California Adventure. There's just something magical about Walt Disney's original park. There's something incredible about the imagination that still lives in Anaheim. It's real. It's tangible. When you walk into the park, you can feel the magic. You can feel the history. And Disneyland continues to captivate thousands of guests annually. And so much of that is because of the innovative ride experiences and the top-notch theming. So in today's main attraction, we are ranking our top 10 rides from the West Coast and talking about what we love about Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. Uh, Now, originally, it was going to be Greg's 10 and my 10, and I really want to know what Greg's 10 are, so maybe we revisit this in a special randomizer segment for Greg next week, but don't tell him. (laughs) Well, Greg, if you're listening, you know that now, so I kind of spoiled it. Spoiler alert. But yeah, you're you're up for the... uh, How about this, Greg? You're up for the randomizer next week, and you're going to be the one that's going to have the randomizer next week, and you're going to do your 10 rides. Boom. It's happening. All right. Number 10 on my list. Uh, This is a hard pick for me because I can truly put any of those classic rides that are on there. Alice in Wonderland, Snow White Scary Adventures, Pinocchio. But there's one ride that stands out because as a Disney worlder. Yeah, that's right. I do love Disneyland, but I, I do claim Disney World as my home park. I go to it all the time. There's one ride that just brings me back to my childhood and offers instant nostalgia. And so I have to say that this is one of the top 10 rides at Disneyland, and that is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Not only does it bring me back to my childhood, it's no longer around in Walt Disney World. There is just something pure fun about this. It is obviously the the makeover of the Wind in the Willows. It is hearkening back to Disney's animated film, but the ride system is so much fun. It elicits joy, and there's also some stuff in this ride that, like, you just don't expect from Disney. You get into a car crash, die, and go to hell. Like, that is dark stuff, and it's just a really, really fun ride. I mean, some of the scenery, I'm surprised that some of the scenery in this ride hasn't been challenged or just downright canceled in a culture where we do that to virtually everything, but do me a favor, people, leave this ride alone. Put your potential pitchforks down. You've already come for Mr. Toad's wild ride over at Disney World, and they turned it into the adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is fine, but it's just not Mr. Toad's. But this ride is absolutely amazing. It brings me back to my childhood, and it needs to be included on the 10 best, and that's right, best ride over at Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. All right, number nine, if you go back to our legacy content, you will hear me discuss rides that are in both parks, and I talk about which one is better. This one, I will die on this hill, and I will stand on this hill. Um, There are some rides that are better at Walt Disney World, but this ride happens to be way better over at Disneyland, and there's a few, one of which is also, I think, one of the best rides anywhere. Um, Disney World's version, Disneyland's version. So it's it's included on this list. The truth is, is people are going to listen to this and they're going to say, wow, at number nine, it's very low. It is. Um, 
but that's because I don't consider it to be a purely Disneyland ride. It's just a great ride that deserves to be included because the Haunted Mansion is a masterpiece, but it's a masterpiece over on the East Coast too. I do think that the version over on the West Coast is better. I don't know if it's the lighting. I don't know if it's kept up a little bit better. I don't know if it's a stylistic choice. You can see the action and what's going on in their Haunted Mansion. I like walking through it a little bit more. Um, I think that's cool to be able to walk through the paintings that kind of change. There's a little bit more of the ride that is walkable versus being in the Doom Buggy. So you can kind of linger and just hang out in the vibe. They also have a stretching room. I think the aesthetic is excellent over at Disneyland, but it's to be fair, it's a push. Our Haunted Mansion looks amazing on the outside. But the reason that this one, in my opinion, is a better ride or a superior ride to what you get at Disney World is because they get this amazing Nightmare Before Christmas overlay for August, September in approach for October and Halloween. And that is just incredible. You get Jack, Sally, Oogie Boogie, and the entire crew. And it's not just like they put them in. They overlay and they redo the entire ride for the Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, I'm not really a Nightmare Before Christmas stan. And I still will tell you that it is pretty incredible what they do with this ride for that overlay. So this ride is one of the best pieces of imagining Dis Imagineering Disney has ever done. So for that reason, it needs to be included. But you cannot go to Disneyland without hitting up the Haunted Mansion. It is a classic. It is a must-do. And it's number nine on my list of the top ten rides over at Disneyland. Number eight. This was a bucket list item for me. And people are going to think I'm crazy to say, but when I told people how much it was my intention to go to Disneyland. They asked why this was the ride. This was the ride. Bob Gurr imagineered the first steel tubed roller coaster and it was the Matterhorn. And I don't know what it is about the Matterhorn. I don't know if it's the history. Uh, you can see this on the Imagineering story. They talk about the basketball court that is inside of it. They talk about the history of the ride and Bob Gurr. I went to the Disney 100 exhibition they had one of the bobsleds on display. Bob Gurr was there to be able to talk to Bob Gurr at that exhibit. The man who built it and be right next to the bobsled was something that was unique and special and something that I will never forget. But there's something pure about this ride, and it is a building block of sorts for all of the parks that this was the first steel coaster. It's a little rough. People make a lot of jokes about it. They ask, well, what's it like? Think of our Space Mountain and how it kind of hurts to ride. And that's the Matterhorn. Um, it will give you a back adjustment and then you can ride it again to readjust your back and get it to be perfect again. It's not the most pleasant of experiences, but it's kind of a rite of passage. Um, I love their Yeti. I love the design of it. And it's just a lot of fun. Seeing the Matterhorn also in the middle of the park, I will let you know, it's just wholly cool. And it is a, again, it is a place that you need to go. If you're a Disney historian and if you're a purist and you love Disney Imagineering and you love Walt Disney, 
then the Matterhorn is kind of a requirement. You, you have to go and you have to do this ride. Uh, if Disney replaced the track on it, I'm sure it would make a lot of Disneylanders happy that they would be able to get their fun and a smoother ride. But you know what? I kind of feel like the charm of it is that it does hurt. It's like the Red Sox were a little bit more lovable before they came winners. And the same thing with the Chicago Cubs. They've lost the charm. I'm sure that the fans are happy to get their win. But for those that are not fans of those franchises, it was better when they were just lovable losers. So leave the Matterhorn as it is. Don't take away the pain and uh, leave it for the rest of us that go and want to pay homage to Bob Gurr and to the origins of the roller coaster at Disney Parks. All right, number seven on our list of Disneyland's top 10 rides. Uh, again, this exists in two versions at Disney World. It exists at Disneyland. It exists in Paris. It exists in Tokyo. You can't have a Disney park without having It's a Small World. But there is something that is special. And yes, that's a hot take. <laughs> spicy, spicy hot take. People are like, whoa, whoa, wait. Small World? Top 10? Mark. Listen, give me a chance. Give me a chance. Here's why it's in the top 10. The ride made history in 1964, okay, at the World's Fair. And it was a very important piece of Disney history. Walt Disney had to develop several rides for the World's Fair. Pepsi sponsored this ride. It's a small world. And, you know, he had that. He had, you know, Tales with Mr. Lincoln. They had the Autotopia ride. There's, there's a lot that was riding on that World's Fair, and it was a showcase for Disney. But when they opened Disneyland, the children, Walt, combining the waters into that canal, talking about the spirit of Disney. It was a seminal moment that I think Disney established himself as a presence that he also elevated the parks in a um, philosophical sense, right? That ride means something. And I think it's kind of a mission statement of what Disney was about and Disney parks were about the brand, the ambassadorship, in Disney being an inclusive place, a place that celebrated diversity, a place that celebrated difference. And that's a mission that I think continues to this day. I think that it's a small ride, or it's a small world, is a ride that celebrates what Disney is all about at its core. And I don't think that that's ever been lost. Now, when you ride this ride, it's a longer version than Walt Disney World. I love the inclusion. They have the iconic characters on it. So like Ariel's in it. You have the animated characters, you know, Jasmine, Aladdin, yada, yada, yada. They have Pinocchio in it. It's fun. It makes it really fun. And this one has Easter eggs on it. And I love that song by the Sherman Brothers. I know that there's going to be people on the other side of that fence and they're going to say that song drives me a little crazy. But it's a good song. The thing's a bop. And so I will put... It's a small world at number seven. It's not high on the list, people, but it's number seven. But it's higher than Haunted Mansion. I know, I know. <laughs> Don't forget, uh, hit me up on Instagram, DM me at, at Dislife Podcast if you disagree with any of these. All right, number six. You cannot have a list without number six. It is one of the originals. It has been uh, become one of the biggest movie franchises in the world, and that is Pirates of the Caribbean. 
It's longer. It has two drops. The skeletons make a whole hell of a lot more sense in Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. When you ride the Disneyland version and you're like, oh, that's where the skeletons come from. Yes. Um, but there's something that's, again, amazing about this. You know, you talk about the magic of Raleigh and uh, you talk about like these guys and these Imagineers and, you know, Wed and what they were able to do. Th- this is this is, again, what I think people think of when they think of Disney Imagineering that they came up with this intellectual property that was just gleeful and and joyful. And it it turned pirates, this traditionally despicable and maligned group into comic punchlines. And the ride is fun. It's hard to not smile. It's hard to not sing along, you know, yo, yo, a pirate's life for me. How do you not sing that? Um, They updated it. They brought Johnny Depp. They brought like the modern spin of the pirates of the Caribbean to it. Again, the only reason that this ride is quote unquote better than Disney World, it's longer and it's more intricate. Disney World has an amazing version of this ride. Pirates is probably my personal favorite. If you had to say all of the dark rides, I know people stand for Haunted Mansion. I stand for Pirates. Pirates has always been my favorite. As a kid, I was a little thrilled by the drop. It was an actual quote unquote drop to me because when you're a little kid, you brace for that. The sensation, you feel like you're falling a little bit more than you actually are. But uh, there was a little danger to it. There was a little excitement. And then the end, once you got past the drop, it was just all fun. But Disneyland has an amazing version. Uh, if you want, you can eat at the Blue Bayou. And that sits right in the opening scene of Pirates of the Caribbean, which is also very fun. Uh, get the Monte Cristo, by the way. Very tasty. Yum, yum. Uh, but yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean sitting right in the middle there at number six. All right, let's keep it moving because I don't have my friend today. Greg is out. Very sad. I miss him. I miss talking to him. I miss his disruptive spirit. This is weird that I just get to talk. Um, number five on the list, Space Mountain. Now, this one I'm going to tell you guys. This one is infinitely better because it doesn't hurt you. Um, imagine Space Mountain if it was just joyous and purely enjoyable. <laughs> That's what you get. Uh, they have a different track on Space Mountain. It is smooth, smooth as silk. The ride vehicle is also different. It's kind of like our Splash Mountain. You sit side by side rather than in the bobsleds. Uh, they have the bobsled version of this. Again, like their Matterhorn is like our Space Mountain, and their Space Mountain is like nothing that we have. Uh, it's smooth, it's fun. Very similar there. I like, I like their, their gateway, um, which is really cool. I will say I do like our blue and our red gateways, maybe a little bit better than that, but here's what I love about their space mountain. Every May in celebration of star Wars month, they have the star Wars overlay. They turn this thing into hyper space mountain. It's got like a dogfight between an X X wing and a tie fighter super fun. And if you're a fan of star Wars, it's like, Oh, I need to do this. Yes. You absolutely need to do that. All I want from our space mountain, all I'm asking for, shut it down for a while, especially now that Tron's open. Listen, here's my idea. Tron is open eating up queues. Once Tiana's Bayou adventure opens Disney, open up space mountain again, but redo the track. Just take the track out. You don't have to retheme it. Put in a new track, just like this one, 
that runs smoother. You know, keep the alpha and the omega side. That's fine too. I'm okay with that. You know, Disney only has one track. Disneyland only has one track, but keep the alpha and omega tracks. Just make them smoother. Give us a brand new track so it doesn't hurt my back. I don't want to be in traction from our Space Mountain. And, uh, you know, you could do that for me. Then I'll put it at number one. How about that? How about that, Disney? Become number one. I'm kidding. It's not. It's not number one. All right, number four on the list. This is something that, oh, man, I if we can do this over here, I will, I don't know what I'll do. All right, so Indiana Jones is hot. It's hot right now. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is coming out very soon. Disney just ramped up. They had a media event. Greg went to it for Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones Adventure is one of the best rides, period. Stop ever. It's, it's dinosaur. It's dinosaur. It's the same ride vehicle. It's basically the same track, except instead of dinosaur race to extinction or whatever they're calling it now, it is Indiana Jones. Now hear me out. Hear me out. Disney retheme that land, retheme Dino Land, and I know it's uh, Indiana Jones is nowhere on the map. They're talking about Moana. They're talking about Zootopia. No one is talking about Indiana Jones over in that area, but make that ride Indiana Jones. Turn that area into like an Indiana Jones universe. Turn the turn the carnival into like that bazaar from the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Turn it into like that scene. Turn it into like a full-on Moroccan bazaar with the same games. You can keep games. You can keep like ring toss and all those fun things for, but turn it into an exotic bazaar. Turn that area into an Indiana Jones land. And, you know, every child that grew up in the 70s and 80s will thank you for it. But listen, be an ambassador for Indiana Jones. Give the, give the franchise new life. Who knows? Can we get another young Indiana Jones? It could work. Disney. I don't want to say goodbye to Indy. I love Indiana. Indy, cover your heart. I love it. But this ride is amazing. Uh, the animatronics are fun. It's just really exciting. They capture the spirit of Indiana Jones. Uh, the technology on this ride is really cool. The effects on the ride are really cool. It just returned and got refurbished. This was the ride I ran to first thing in the morning for two reasons. One, breaks down a lot. Uh, but secondly, the lines get really long for this one in the middle of the day. So hot tip, if you're new to Disneyland and you go to Disneyland Park, don't run to Rise of the Resistance. It's the same ride. Run over there. Get Indiana Jones done right away, and you'll thank me for it because it's the number four ride over at Disneyland. All right, we are heading over to Disney's California Adventure. Is this the first time we're at Disney's California? It is. It took me to number three to get to DCA. That's Greg. Greg's going to tell me. Bad park, Mark. Greg does not like Disney's California Adventure. Doesn't like it. Does not like it. Thinks it's generic. Hates the park. All right, number three on the list, uh, the land is amazing. Uh, if you're a fan of cars, if you're not a fan of cars, you're going to love Cars Land. Uh, it's incredible. The theme of Cars Land is unlike nothing else. At night, at the same time every single night, uh, just like the movie, all the lights come on, the neon turns on, the song starts to play. But they don't have, so they don't have test track. They have Radiator Springs Racers, and it is way better than Test Track. Now, people have said, retheme our Test Track. We can't. We cannot do it. With the Florida weather, there's no way that we could ever make this ride happen. But the 
Radiator Springs Racers living and right. It's essentially what the ride is, is you drive through the first film, you drive through cars and the lead up to it is beautiful. The animatronics and the inside, the dark ride portion of the ride is so beautiful. And the way they bring the cars to life and lightning McQueen and Mater and the whole crew, it's just really great. And then at the end you get a chance to like drag race. And then you get that same added element of that's the speed test over on test track. But this theme, this simple re-theme or this simple theme of the ride really turns something that I think is kind of bland and generic in test track. It makes it exciting and it makes it just one of the best rides I think that Disney has ever delivered on. Um, Linda has never done it. Bella has never done it because it caught fire during our trip, but I had a chance to do it during D23. And I want to say I wrote it like eight or nine times. I could not get enough of Radiator Springs Racers. It's bonkers, bonkers good. I could live in Cars Land. Where would you find Mark in DCA? You'd find me in one of two places. You're either going to find me in Cars Land or you're going to find me over at the Avengers Campus. That's it. That's where I would live. All right, number two, and I'm going to tell you why this is number two. Could it be number one on certain days? Yeah, and that's another hot take. Disneylanders are going to disagree with me having this ride so high because they're going to be like, it's just a roller coaster. But I have a personal story, so it's so much more than a roller coaster. Um, the Incredicoaster. Originally, it was called California Screaming. It's, it's a roller coaster. It is. It's a roller coaster. So people are going to be like, dude, there's nothing imaginative about that. Here's why it's number two on my list. <laughs> These things have meaning. So my daughter, and I've told this story now a few times over on Legacy Content. If you want to check out our Legacy Content, it's at DizLifePodcast.com. Um, I used to never ride roller coasters. Fun fact about Mark. I was terrified. I was scared. I was an anxious ball of like just mess. I was a hot mess. Uh, I didn't want to fly on a plane. I didn't want to go on roller coasters. And I made the decision. When I had my kid, my daughter was so brave, right? And she pushed me. And she challenged me. Not like she, she, the kid didn't lay down the gauntlet, but she was four and going on roller coasters. And so that, like to me, it challenged me to become a, a braver person, a braver dad, a bigger man, and get on these rides and show my kid that like, you know, as your dad, I don't want you to be afraid of things and I'm not going to be afraid of things. And I was terrified. I was terrified. So I set out to start to conquer my fear of coasters. And I started with kitty coasters, you know, goofy, uh, you know, whatever that is, the flight school. Started with that. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, graduated to Big Thunder Mountain. Slinky Dog was a little difficult for me because there was a height element to it, which was I, what I really didn't like about roller coasters was the height. But then I got through it, Space Mountain, then I had tackled Everest, and then my last one was the Rock and Roller Coaster, okay? Now, why do I bring up the Rock and Roller Coaster? Is I love the Rock and Roller Coaster, and I went on it. But when I went on the Rock and Roller Coaster, guess what happened? My daughter backed out. Wouldn't do it. Would not do it. She wouldn't invert. She refused to do a loop-de-loop. And then my courage got terrified. So in that moment, I had a choice to make. Do I go on on the ride without my daughter or do I show her that I'm also afraid of the loop and don't do it? So I went on rock and roller coaster and I loved it from the minute I got on it. So then we flash forward now 
to the Incredicoaster. My daughter's looking at it. What do you think she's staring at? She's staring at the inversion and the loop-de-loop. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, you can do this, man. We're going to do this, right? And I'm going to go on with you. I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to be fine. My daughter gets on the Incredicoaster. She's terrified, yo. She was terrified. We get off of it. We get through the loop-de-loop and she starts to just scream with joy and delight. And I looked over and you could see the fear was gone. Like she overcame the fear and I watched it happen in real time. And as a dad in that moment, it was one of the greatest feelings I've ever had to see my kid tackle her fear. And it took me until I was in my thirties to do stuff like that, but she did it as a kid. She overcame it and she did not let her fear bring her down. And you know what? If we didn't ride the Incredicoaster 14 times on that trip, she kept going on again and again and again. And she begs me to go back to Disneyland to ride the Incredicoaster for that reason. And that reason alone. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. But you know what? These rides, they have stories. So for you, you might put Haunted Mansion as number one because there's a story with your mom or dad. That's what makes your list your list and my list mine. And that's why that's one of my top 10 rides over at Disneyland. Number two, the Incredicoaster. All right, the number one ride. Here it is. You've waited the entire time for it. You've listened to me bloviate without Greg for probably 30 minutes at this point, all for this moment. What's the number one ride? Okay, there's an element of number two. My daughter was afraid of it, but this is probably the best retheme of a ride I think Disney has ever delivered on. Now, the Tower of Terror, it's a favorite. It's an iconic ride. So when Disney reimagined the fact that it was going to become a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, everybody kind of freaked out. They lost their crap, and I understand. It's like, wait, what? You're taking away the Tower of Terror? What's going there? What? The Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, they were an unproven entity. Yeah, there was a, a popular film at that point. But like, we didn't have the Guardians of the Galaxy on the level that we have now. So it sounded wholly crazy that Joe Rohde would reimagine the most one of the most beloved li- rides in any of these parks and turn it into something Marvel. But you know what? Joe Rohde did it. And he did it on a level that you have to ride this thing to appreciate. Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is a masterstroke in what Disney can do, even with a ride vehicle that is in, in an existing space. It turns something that is normally terrifying in the Tower of Terror And it gives it an element of fun and delight. And instead of like the sheer horror of dropping and and plummeting to your death, the way that they theme this is that Rocket Raccoon turns the gravity on and off in a gantry lift. And you have to break the guardians out of their cell. And then once you turn off the power, all of these aliens get out and they wreak havoc on the team It turns it into a lot of fun. And so the imagery, the scenery, but the music is what makes this ride so fun. My daughter was horribly terrified of the Tower of Terror. Wouldn't do it. She actually wrote it before I did, but like her one experience was was enough to cure her. She was like, no, I wrote that. I hate it. We went on this ride. She laughed. She, you know, she threw her hands up. She clapped to the music. 
it totally changed her paradigm of what a drop ride vehicle could be like. And then because she rode this ride again, dozens of times at Disneyland, it gave her courage to go after the tower of terror again. So now she just rides tower of terror. She rides this. So I am eternally grateful for the guardians of the galaxy ride mission breakout over at Disneyland because it changed my daughter's life. It changed my life. It's so fun. They have a holiday theme where for Halloween, they do monsters after dark. You get like a heavy metal version. It's like monsters after dark. And it's like a little screamo. And again, it totally changes the vibe of the ride. The creatures get out again. So much fun. But that's it, man. (laughs) That is it. Those are my top 10 rides in Disneyland. Greg, I missed you so much, man. This is a lot of work without you. And I don't want to do this with you again. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I need to take another sip of my cup of coffee. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. We're going to play Disney's College of Knowledge before saying goodbye for the day. Is Disney World home to you? Realtor Victor Naraki can help make it a reality. Realtor Victor Naraki specializes in making your Disney home dreams come true. Second homes, investment home, retirement, relocation, With Victor's input, he will show you the home opportunities that you don't get to see as a tourist. Imagine being at the park in minutes, walking around the World Showcase for daily exercise, watching the fireworks in your own backyard, or having Disney Springs as your local mall. Have you ever heard of Windermere, Winter Garden, Horizon West, Dr. Phillips, Claremont, Lake Nona, or Disney's own Celebration and Golden Oak? Victor can introduce you to these communities, which are just minutes to the magic. Stop imagining a Disney life and start living your dream today. Call Victor at 407-340-9375. And don't forget to mention that you heard all about Victor here on Shipping Company Podcast Network. Head over to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com and start living your magical life today. All right, it's time to wrap up the show with Disney's College of Knowledge. This is where we challenge our listeners to see what they know about the Walt Disney Company and its theme parks. Remember to play. You message your answers to the trivia question over to at Disney Podcast on Instagram. Only Instagram. Can you do you have what it takes to pass the test this week on Disney's College of Knowledge? On our last podcast, we asked, Disney's oldest attraction comes from the Garden State of New Jersey. Built in 1917, what is the oldest ride that hails from the Olympic Park in Maplewood, New Jersey? Congratulations to Justin Grant. You knew that it was Prince Charming's Regal Carousel. Congratulations, Justin. Well done, my friend. Uh, You get an A-plus on your report card from Disney And I want to thank everyone that plays with us every single week. Again, message us at Disney Podcast. We love it when you play Disney's College of Knowledge. It makes us oh so happy. All right. We don't have Greg to deliver the College of Knowledge question this week. So let me do this real quick. Okay, Disney fans, this one's simple. It's a simple one for you today. We're going to keep it short, sweet, and to the point because I don't have Greg. What is the fastest ride at Disneyland Park? Disneyland, not DCA. What is the fastest ride at Disneyland Park? Think you know the answer? Message it to us over on Instagram at Diz Life Podcasts. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for another episode of Diz Life. As always, I want to say thank you for hanging out with me today. Greg will be back next week, but don't forget to join us this week for more incredible audio content here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. And as always, for Greg, who's not here, and for me, we hope that the rest of the week is filled with faith, trust, and pixie dust. (laughs) Bye, everybody. I'll see you real soon. Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney-bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in Run Disney Marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Diz Life Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.